This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 668 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, makers of Nalox Advanced and other fine supplements for your equine athlete. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is from Amanda Eckelberg of EQ Ready Records Record Management Services. Today, Amanda talks about logistics and supply chains. Well, for those of us unacquainted with massive transportation terminology, that means how not to run out of stuff. But first, let's hear from our sponsor, Kentucky Performance Products. Well, if you're a regular listener to the show, you know we talk a lot about Kentucky Performance Products, and that's because they are a name you can trust to give you the most value for your supplement money. Kentucky Performance Products offers supplements designed to target specific problems that are made with high-quality ingredients included at effective levels. The company's supplements are intended to complement, not compete, with your dressage horse's current feeding program, guarding against over-supplementation, and each product is backed by sound research and the money-back satisfaction guarantee. And today, we'd like to talk to you about Nalox, the original equine antacid. It's recommended by veterinarians and leading horsemen as a way of maintaining a healthy stomach, which reduces the risk of ulcers. Nalox can be given daily to horses exposed to stressful conditions or as needed when shipping, competing, or during stall confinement. You know, you can learn about Nalox and all the products at Kentucky Performance Products at KPP. USA.com. That's Kentucky Performance Products at KPPUSA.com. And now on with today's tip. Well, welcome back, Amanda from EQ Ready Records. How are you today? I'm doing great. I'm so glad that you stopped by with us and to chat a little bit and uh, provide a bit of wisdom for us horsekeeping folk. Because there's always something to learn and always something to be reminded of that you learned 30 years ago and forgot about. So what, what will you be enlightening us with today? Well, today I'd like to uh, talk about maybe preparing for a trip with your horse. Uh, we had talked about that before, you know, making sure you have all your necessary paperwork and all your emergency information. But I'd also like to uh, maybe remind people about being sure you have enough supplies as far as food stuff, water buckets, hay, those kinds of things. Um, even though they may seem minor, uh, should you run out or have to go changing things pretty quickly, it could kind of open you up for some pretty major issues with your horse. Uh, and also, obviously, nobody wants to deal with emergencies on vacation. So... <laughs> So I I always encourage people to make sure you have plenty of whatever you're feeding your horse, bring it with you. Uh, I know maybe you're going someplace and you think, oh, yeah, there's plenty of grass, it'll be fine. Well, yeah, that may or may not be the case. If you're changing environments, you know, all grass is not the same. Oh, right. That's a, I learned that the hard the I learned that real prominently when we, we just moved to Florida from Kentucky a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And... 
it was very interesting because I'd never moved this far south before. It was always very much within the mid-Atlantic states. And when mm-hmm. we got down here, my horse Beaker decided he didn't like the taste of the grass. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really? The grass? I thought grass was grass was grass. But um, this far south, it, the species of grass that grows here isn't found anywhere up north where I'm from. So it was completely different and something he was very unfamiliar with. And he was he was a little bit put out at first. Now, four weeks later, he's finally figured it out. But um, had we not been prepared with... We brought hay down with us to last about a month that he was familiar with up in up in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Had we not done that, we probably would have had a little bit of an issue because he wasn't real happy camper about the locally available foodstuffs. Right. And, and also, you know, it can always go the other way, too. Maybe where you're going, they like that grass a whole lot better than where they've been. And then they go and they just eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. Oh. And then we have you know, colic issues, we have, yeah. you know, some slight sounder issues. So it can go both ways as well. I sure mean, any, can. Any uh, sudden diet change can is very high risk for gastrointestinal issues in your horse. Horses' digestive systems are very, very sensitive. So if you're traveling, try to bring enough feed and hay that they're familiar with to last you for the trip. Now, obviously, if you're going for extended periods of time, you may not have storage to store, you know, 10 bales of hay in the trailer and, and all right. of that. So or at least mix it. To, you can at least or, mix or, it or with mix the local it, yes. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, mix it with the local stuff. Um, you may want to check out the area where you're going to be, check out some of the feed stores, find out what kinds of hay they have available, what kinds of grain they have available. You know, see if you can find something at least, comparable to what they're used to eating. That's that's a good point. For example, somebody who uses a nationally available brand of horse feed, um, good for you because if you travel a lot, that's a handy way to do it. But Mm -hmm. each store, just like every other chain store that like a Lowe's or a grocery store or anything like that, they might not necessarily have the same exact um, formulas. In other words, if your horse eats Purina Horse Chow 200, Every Purina uh, dealer in America will not necessarily have Horse Chow 200. They have Purina feeds, so you've got made a good point. You should, um, if you have a long extended stay, contact the feed store you would most likely be using and make sure they either carry already or can get for you the formula of that brand of feed that you use. I, when I worked in, in retail, that used to happen frequently. Somebody would come in and say, I need... Um, super-duper high-test corn-free formula X for my horse. And it's like, oh, uh, that's not something that's real popular here locally. We don't carry that particular flavor from that brand, uh, but we can get get it for you in 10 days when the next truck comes. Well, they ran a grain, and they don't have anything for the next 10 days. So, uh, yeah, good point, Amanda. And also along those same lines is um, if you are switching brands of food or, you know, trying to substitute one for the other, be aware that even though the uh, nutritional analysis may be the same or comparable, the quality of the ingredients may not be. So that's something else to consider, too. And not only for horses, but any type of animal food, dog food, cat food, any of that. Even though you have, like, the cheaper brands may say, oh, just as much protein as the expensive brands. Yeah, 
but that protein source may not be near as digestible or as high quality as the expensive brands, which is why, you know, kind of comparing, you know, chicken breast versus chicken feathers and beets. <laughs> right. And that, that, yeah, that, that's a good analogy because we can all understand that. That makes sense to us as, right. uh, as carnivores. But you're right. If you, if you do have to change um, formulas midstream, um, you go 14% protein feed to somebody else's 14% feed, um, you really do want to make that change gradually rather than suddenly if you can. And another yeah. reason when you're going on these long road trips to make sure that you have um, have those resources already set up. Now, this is, a, this is a scenario that I came across again when I was working in retail. Um, long road trip planned uh, to hot, humid area of the country. Stock up on feed before we leave. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, come back from long road trip. Have three bags of feed left. Three bags of feed left in trailer after a month and a half? Moldy. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Not a good idea. (laughs) Yeah. Horse horse feed does not keep well in horse trailer tack rooms. No, it does not. It doesn't like hot. It doesn't like humid. Especially the the molasses-based feeds. Really. And also uh, alfalfa. If you feed your horses alfalfa, watch that because alfalfa like down here where I'm at in Texas it's really hard for us to get a good quality alfalfa and B to store it for long periods of time because of the moisture content when they bale it it molds very very quickly down here in this hot humid weather. Interesting so that's another thing that you need to look into when you're making long road trips even if you're only going to be on the road for a couple of weeks um Tap into those local resources and find out what kind of storage time you have available. Because mm-hmm. if you're if you're from a dry climate, you're from up north where it's cooler, um, you might be used to being able to store foodstuff X for 30 days. When in fact, when you're on the road in a humid area or have to keep something in a horse trailer, that might change that considerably. And that's even worse because you stocked up and now have you wasted a pile of money on feed that went bad. Right, right. So that's a double whammy. So it may be better just to wait till you, you know, if you find a place, okay, that carries your particular type of grain and has good quality, say you're feeding alfalfa, it may be better to buy your alfalfa or your grain there Mm -hmm. instead of hauling it back and forth. Yeah. One of the things I... One of the things I did when we planned our move down from Kentucky to Florida is about a month before the move, I gradually switched Beaker over to a type of hay that I knew was available in both Kentucky and Florida because it was from a national supplier. Mm -hmm. Um, In other words, the source was exactly the same. The source was from Canada, but the, the retailer was in both places. So I knew I could get hay there and here that was from the same home source so that when we made that big move, I knew I would be able to get him switched from his normal food to the locally sourceable food, which is, of course, less expensive, gradually because I had gotten him used to something that was available nationally. Kind of like when you go to the grocery store, you know if you buy Dorito brand Doritos, they're made in the same factory. It's a Dorito brand Dorito. Um, right. 
And that really made the transition more comfortable because when I came down here and I asked a lot of local folks, they said, oh, you got to watch it because when you feed the, a horse from up north, this locally available warm, what do they call it, warm climate hay, right. they end up, it's a high percentage of horses that get colics, impaction colics, when they make that transition. Mm-hmm. And they said, you got to watch that. And since Beaker's a big eater, he eats his hay kind of like a Hoover Upright vacuum cleaner. <laughs> Um, I don't think he chews it much on the way down. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I kind of tried to prepare for that as best I could, and I was able to find a nationally sourceable hay in addition to grain products, and that worked out really well. So, again, that's a really great idea to look ahead, source that stuff ahead of time, package what you can and what, what makes sense and is safe, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then stock up as you need to along your, uh, along your trip. Mm-hmm. Great yeah. ideas once again, Amanda. And folks, for those of you out here who are listening to your podcast while you clean stalls, ride horses, or commute to work, you can stop by EQ Ready Records website at eqreadyrecords.com. And right there on the homepage, you'll find on the right a blog link that takes you over to Amanda's blog where she puts in all sorts of uh, great little bits of horsekeeping wisdom each and every month and you can stop by over there and get more details on these topics and you can also while you're there surf around and learn about eq ready records uh, record keeping management system which helps keep keep us horse folks organized and uh, helps you keep those resources in order so thanks a lot for stopping by again amanda thanks for having me and there you go thanks amanda and don't forget to support our sponsors here on horse tip daily because they make these podcasts possible Today's sponsor has been Kentucky Performance Products, makers of Nalox Advanced. Ask for Nalox Advanced by name at your local tacker feed supplier, or you can visit Kentucky Performance Products online at kppusa.com. You can also, also join the Kentucky Performance Products Facebook page. Just search Kentucky Performance Products. They've always got great, interesting con- contests as well as interesting and helpful content over there on their Facebook page please stop by the Horse Tip Daily Facebook page and let us know what you think of the tips you hear on the show. It's also a great place to tell us about topics you'd like to hear us cover on the show. You can subscribe to all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network through iTunes or Zune and get your horse podcasts automatically downloaded to your iPod, Zune, or MP3 player. You can also listen to the shows right on Facebook. The player's right there every day. I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, go ride your horse. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily. Well, you've listened all the way to the end, so you get the top secret quickie tip. Most of us have heard the feed by weight, not by volume lecture, but how the heck do you weigh four flakes of Timothy? Well, you can use the bathroom scale. You stand on the scale, you check the weight, then you get off the scale, make a note to skip dessert next week, hold the hay in your hand when you step back on the scale, but it's kind of hard to read the scale while you're holding four flakes of hay. So, here is a homemade scale that I made that worked pretty well for me. You will need a old broom or rake handle or a piece of pipe of similar length that is clearly marked in the center, several lengths of baler twine, a bucket with a handle that holds at least one gallon of water, and an empty quart-sized container. 
attach one end of twine to the center of your broom handle so that it won't move left or right if the, sa the uh, handle swings. You can hang it from the stall bars of your st stalls, or you can cr take your cross ties and attach them to each other in the middle of the aisleway and hang it from the center. You need the pole to hang freely. On one end of the handle, secure another piece of string and attach a double-ended snap. At the other end, tie a string thoroughly and put the bucket on the string so that when the pole is level, the bucket is just a few inches off the floor. Now, put the equivalent volume of water in your bucket so that it equals the weight of your hay. So if you put four quarts of water in your bucket, that bucket weighs 8.35 pounds, which is about a serving of hay for many horses, so it's worked out convenient. One quart of water weighs two pounds. Next, take your hay, bundle it up with a piece of baler twine so that you can hang it off the other end of the broom handle. And it should be approximately level. If it's too heavy on one side, add or subtract hay. There you go. It's a little bit weird, but it works!